So, you know, he's been quoted as saying he's just taking it one day at a time and they'll reassess closer to the weekend. My tendency is I like to believe that with such a big game uh, and a lot on the line that, you know, he's going to find a way to play. At least that's my hope. But if not, all signs point to Gabbert. And, uh, and, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about that. How do you feel about that? As far as Gabbert goes, oh, great. And I don't like when uh, folks that don't play the sport bash guys uh, who do. And I think he's, uh, he's a good player. I think he represented himself really well on Saturday. That being said, I, I, if I were an NFL coordinator, uh, I'd, be, I'd be ready. I'd have a good game plan. And I would feel like I could uh, seriously limit him. And so, especially with guys like Darius Leonard and Hooker, uh, that uh, they, uh, I think he would uh, he would be super challenged. He'd be super limited in the game. Obviously, he limits our playbook a little bit. But part of me wonders maybe maybe it lends itself a little bit more to Matt Lafleur's playbook, you know, because he prefers more of a pocket passer quickly. So sometimes that might lend itself better to Gabbert. Maybe a little bit more consistency for the offensive line. Because, you know, when you do have a mobile quarterback, it is very difficult for your offensive linemen to continue to block and not draw penalties if your quarterback has a scramble. And that's not as much of a consideration with Gabbert. So, I mean, you know, he did lead us to a victory over Houston earlier this season. So right. that is something to take into account. And he led us back on Saturday. We were down he, when he came He did. Game. He came in. He played pretty well. There are worse options out there, but I would prefer yeah. to have number eight under center. Absolutely, um, and not to bash a guy, but obviously the option we had last year at backup was, was way worse. I think Gabbard is not a world beater, but he's certainly uh, one of I think, the better backups in the league, just the fact that he can actually go out there on short notice. This isn't based on any intel, John, although we've kept up with everything. Uh, you, you referred to yourself earlier in pre-show as a stalker because uh, we spent so much time online just trying to, to get any uh, latest development Mariota's injury, but – I have this gut feeling that he's going to play hurt Sunday, that he's not really going to be ready to play, but he will be. We've seen some guys, we saw Steve McNair uh, hurt and play well hurt. Some guys can play well hurt, some guys can't. What's your gut on if he does play and he's not 100%? Is he a guy that can play well while hurt? You know, I think there there are a bunch of different ways to answer that question. I think he can play well hurt. My problem with him playing hurt is the specific type of injury and on his throwing arm, throwing shoulder, arm, elbow, whatever it is that the actual ailment is, uh, makes it a little bit more difficult for a guy like him to come in and play hurt. And obviously throughout his career so far, he hasn't really played hurt. He's been out for a myriad of injuries of all sorts, leg, arm, elbow, nerves. We've seen a little bit of everything from him. I like to think he will play hurt. I like to think that you know, with the playoffs on the line, he's going to come in and he's going to play and he's going to really, you know, just light it up one way or another, give it 110%. Right. Kind of like, I, I think, kind of like the effort I expect from the rest of the team. Right. So, and, and then also, let me ask you this. What, what, if you're in that locker room, what's your perception if he does not play because of this type of injury? Do you think the other players are down on him? Do you think they rally and support him? That's a really good question. I feel like players have each other's back when it comes to that. And we don't know. It seems like injury is more vague than most. You were referring earlier to elbow, shoulder. We don't exactly know. So part of me wants to say, no, they'll understand that he, he if he could be out there, he would. But then again, I, I think that stigma of quarterbacks that we 
sometimes perceive from other parts of the locker room. Yeah, I think there would be at least a few guys in that locker room that would expect him to play. I expect him, and although he's been out and he's been injured uh, for several different seasons, uh, I would call him, you know, gutsy, or he has the potential to play hurt Sunday and give us a gutsy. I think the play calling is going to be limited regardless of whether he's healthy or he's on the field or not. I think we're going to try to run in a cold game. I think we're going to just try to, to gut this one out like – has been our recipe for the last four wins. So there could be some locker room dynamic if we don't see him. But like I said, I I tend for some reason to think that he will play on Sunday. But I'm not a doctor, and I certainly don't have a chart. We don't know how bad it is. If we don't see him Sunday, I, I think it's a, a pretty serious injury. And I think if it was a serious injury, we would know by now, and they would have put him on the IR. Yep. I know Lynn and I talked about this in the last podcast, but uh, obviously I'm – I'm really disappointed by Darrell Casey's injury, and uh, I'm a little worried. I think we have a good team defense, and we could still do what we need to uh, to put our offense in position to win this game on Sunday. But what do you think of the the Casey injury? I hate the Casey injury because, you know, we have talked about him over the past couple of weeks, and, you know, how we haven't heard his name a whole lot, um, you know, in, in the stat sheet, getting sacks, getting tackles for loss. But he still provides a lot. A lot, a lot of, a lot of consistent effort, a lot of yeah. consistent game planning around, and pressure. He is, Even if he doesn't get there, he he does provide a lot. If you don't, if you're not watching the ball, you you can see that. But yeah, maybe the stat sheet, but it's a big loss. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. it's a huge loss. Yeah, no, of course, it's a huge loss. When I try to look at the positives, you know, obviously it's a huge negative that he's not going to be on the field. But we do have a lot of depth. I think specifically on our defensive line. You know, there are a lot of different things we can do guys we can shift around you know we have Austin Johnson he's played pretty well in in limited duty we have Benny Logan he plays yep. pretty well when needed yes. um, we can shift Daquan Jones in and maybe put Landry at, at, at more of a defensive end position um, you know we have guys that we can flip around that, that makes a right. little, makes us a little bit versatile obviously we're not the same defense without him but I hope I, I think the expectation is that we hope it's not a huge drop off without him Right. Those guys you mentioned, all three, uh, Jones, Logan, and Johnson, I think have been good role players this year for us, which is what you need along a, a defensive line because so many guys come in and out. One of those guys have to step up and show out, maybe not get a bunch of sacks, but they're going to have to give that constant pressure and that energy. And we're, gonna, we're not going to see one of them become Jarrell Casey on Sunday, but we're going to have to see one of them play over their head uh, I oh, think, on Sunday for us to – to, to do what we need to, I feel like in, uh, Indianapolis has somewhat of an emerging running game. Uh, they've had issues with it, but uh, they have run the ball well. They've won four or five. Uh, they're, they're a scary opponent for uh, the Titans just because um, of Andrew Luck's uh, dominance uh, of the in, in his career. Uh, but just otherwise, it's um, it's just scary, and we're going to need to contain that and make them one-dimensional, and we're going to need those guys to do it. John, what do you are. expect from the crowd on Sunday? I, you know, uh, from what I've seen on social media, it sounds like all of the Titan Nation is really pumped up about this game, and I, I, I thoroughly expect in my heart of hearts that this is going to be the loudest experience we've ever heard at Nissan Stadium. You know, I, I'm... I'm talking like we need to to channel the the, the Titans of old and get this right. place rocking, make a make Nashville the loudest city on the planet for 
for at least one evening. And I, I wholeheartedly think we could do that. Um, last last week, there was a lot of buzz after the whole Remember the Titans thing. And, you know, there was a group that gathered on the walking bridge and they did the, the Remember the Titans chant and dance all the way across the bridge with the Titans cheerleaders and T-Rack. So I fully expect that to happen again. I expect people to be loud. I, I just... I hope it's a really hectic atmosphere for the Colts. And you got to remember, they are not, they're, they're not an outdoor team. Absolutely. I, I don't usually put a lot of stock into that, but it's going to be cold and forecast calls for a little bit of rain. I don't know if it's going to keep going through the evening, but that's going to make that ball hard to throw and uh, hard to catch as well. So I think it's going to be, like you mentioned before, their running game has gotten going. And, and so is ours. So I think it really no will doubt. be the, the Derrick Henry versus the Marlon Mack show a really good point about them being an outdoor team three and four on the road this year and um they are a different on the road uh, i was up um for the titans colts game uh that's indoors it's it's like half basketball game half nfl game it's weird that that place especially and it's i mean it's a really cool place to be but it is a different game in a way for those players now andrew luck and ty hilton anywhere and they'd be ready to play the Titans. Obviously, we've watched them play on the road and play well. But, yeah, this whole team, I think it's, a, it's an advantage for us, obviously, at home. But because of they are they are an indoor team half of the time, at least, uh, hopefully that will be an advantage and we can take uh, – we can we can leverage that. Um, um, like I said, Andrew Luck is going to be ready, and we're going to have to be ready. And um, But we'll see. It does make me feel better. That th- By the way, you said you went to the, the Titans-Colts game – have you gotten checked out by a doctor after you return from that trip? That, you know, that Sometimes, you know, Indianapolis, that could be a weird thing in that weird dome. I just want to make sure you're okay and healthy for the game on Sunday. Well, John, I had all my shots before I went, but you can Thank- never be 100% sure, so we'll see. Thank goodness. I got really close to the gold Peyton Manning, so I don't know if I, if I got anything from that or not. But No, we can't, we can't hate on Peyton Manning, but we can hate on Absolutely not. Uh, it was so weird. Uh, for years, uh, them being our, our biggest rival when they did division realignment because uh, yeah, I grew up in the state. And, uh, you know, there is a reverence there for most people. There are some Titans fans that just think he's despicable. Most of them obviously are not Tennessee fans. And uh, it, that was a weird dynamic. I was glad to see him go to Denver, obviously, so I could uh, full-on dislike uh, uh, um John, I, I expect the, the line to be – about three points in favor of the Colts by kickoff. What do, what do you think about the line? I think right now it's it, Colts are favored one and a half. Um, I think that depends. You know, it'll fluctuate based on who's, who the starting, starting quarterback is going to be. I think if it's Gabbert, you're looking at more of like three and a half to four point favorites for the Colts. I think if it's Mariota, maybe it stays right where it is at one and a half favorites. Maybe – Maybe in a crazy push, if depending on what guys of theirs are limited or out, it might get even. Um, I think it's going to be a really close game regardless. It better be a lot closer than when we played them earlier this year, I'll tell you that much. John, if you were a Colts fan, wow, that was weird to say. Ugh. What jersey you would you be to... wearing to the game on Sunday? Well, well you and I is have... a tough one. This is never a yeah. tougher question than, than this week. Well, this one is too easy for me because you and I have talked about them a billion times and you know my infatuation with defensive linemen. Um, my jersey would easily be Dwight Freeney. I met him once uh, when I was in high school. We went to the Syracuse football camp, and he was there, and he spoke to all the kids, shook his hand, and he was just, you know, obviously not a huge guy, but 
you can just tell you, you can feel the power i think i still have a broken finger from that handshake <laughs> um but he is one of my all-time favorite players uh, just watch him you know when i played college football my big move was a spin move literally modeled after dwight freeney wow um so i love that guy um he's just incredible an incredible guy and then you know also i'm gonna throw you another one um not necessarily the indianapolis colts it was baltimore colts but johnny unitas yeah that's mine got, johnny you i got to meet him in person i shook his hand i have his autograph when he really tell us that story how yeah. did you meet him so Johnny Unitas was the owner of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Pioneers, the uh, AF2 Arena football team. And for Christmas their first year, my mom actually got my brother and I season tickets to go see them. And on opening night, John Unitas was there in person. He was signing autographs. I'll never forget. So I have a, the inaugural season set of tickets with the opening ticket and his autograph. And <laughs> I'll never forget, I was the last person he signed an autograph for. And uh, a former friend in high school, his name was Joe, he had a football, and he went to get it signed by Johnny Unitas, and Johnny was like, nope, I'm done. So it was, it was one of those great moments where like, wow, I have legendary status here on my ticket, and my friend Joe just got shut down. Wow. So it was Incredible. fantastic. Johnny, you. So what's next? You're going to run into Jim Brown at the draft this I, year? That's, it, that, that's incredible that you met him. Wait a minute. You already did that. <laughs> Oh, we didn't get a chance to meet Mr. Brown, but we, we were Close enough. maybe 100 feet from him, which I remember you and I just looking at each other like, wow, it's like seeing Moses. Yeah, it would have such huge football fans. Jim Brown, just to be in the same atmosphere as that guy was, uh, right. I know that makes us sound like super fans, but Jim Brown, I mean, wow, that guy. He's yeah, a, I mean, to think that you, yeah. you announced a pick and were at the same podium that he was at was pretty incredible. I think that's the I first remember- thing you said when you, when you came <laughs> off. Instead of being like, this is like – you were where Jim Brown was. Yeah. And I, don't, I honestly don't think that registered in your head until after I said it. And you're like, oh, absolutely you know not. what? You're I right. Been more nervous even. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Um, so, John, we were pretty upset about Logan Ryan and this team, uh, namely Malcolm Butler, did a nice job of covering up for that. This, that's the nature of the NFL. Everyone has attrition. But when some of these guys um, wind up sidelined, you wonder at what point, kind of like, uh, offense, you wonder at what point does the dynamic of the team change? Do you worry about that at all with Logan Ryan now, Jarrell Casey? Uh, obviously, some of our uh, role players also have been sidelined. Do, do you worry about our defense, the strength of this team? Do you worry about the attrition there uh, overall? You know, for years I've worried about this team secondary. I just never feel like we have the hope and the players that we need to, you know, to d- defend some of these guys. I mean, look, at we're we're in a division with T.Y. Hilton and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, to, to yeah. just name two. So, obviously, we're always going to have to have good cornerback depth. And we finally, this year, waltzed in with three above-average starting corners. Obviously, Malcolm Butler hadn't played like that all season. Um, but Adoree Jackson, one of the fastest guys in the NFL. Logan Ryan, one of the more consistent tacklers in the NFL. And then, you know, Malcolm Butler, Super Bowl hero. Um, you know, so we finally had that stable of some pretty good – Cornerbacks, not to mention the additions of Kevin Byard, Kenny Vaccaro. You know, so we finally had a formidable secondary. I'm, I, I, I guess, I think our our strategy just it it changes a little bit, and I think I'm a little bit worried about that because, you know, Logan Ryan, he was when we were bringing a, a corner to blitz, it was him. So right. I oh don't yeah, think, he was so great uh, in yeah. that role. Yeah, absolutely. And he's gotten quite a quite a few hurries. Um, 
he I think I believe he even has a sack to his credit. Yeah, uh, and I think Bayard does as well. But mm-hmm. you know, if we were going to blitz somebody, it was going to be him. I don't necessarily yeah. feel as confident blitzing Malcolm Butler or Dory Jackson, especially where we're going to need him in coverage. So I think that limits us a little bit. Maybe we send LaShawn Sims, but I think it's going to scale back our blitzes or at least create some other types of blitzes. I feel like we don't do a whole lot of linebacker stunts and blitzes, so maybe that'll increase a little bit. Now we yeah. don't. Now that we don't have our secondary blitzes, so you know what, ter- what uh, a loss could turn into an opportunity. Um, and, you know, we were talking about Jarrell Casey earlier and how these young guys need to step up. I mean, Jarrell Casey, he's been he, – he's pretty much started every single game since he's been a Titan. This could be a great opportunity for Austin Johnson really to, to right. start his stuff and show his development and maybe it's become – not going to say a Jarrell Casey, but a Jarrell Casey type. You know, right. consistent, hard-nosed player. You know, the Big Ten, that's what they kind of produce. They're known for those tough, gritty players who play in the cold and – and give it their all. So maybe this is a pretty good opportunity from dude to do that. And one where he'll get that opportunity. Yeah. F- physically, I think Johnson couldn't, you, like you said, you wouldn't put that kind of pressure on, but for him to elevate his game, he, everything is there. How he is physically. Uh, I, I think, I think that now's the time for him. And you're right. Here's the opportunity that he has. And have Jarrell Casey has played every game that I can remember in the last four seasons. So um, we'll, we'll see. And we're going to, need that and he says he'll be playing so I expect him to play and uh he's my player uh, to ask the question who we're we're gonna be uh, I think people that listen to us probably understand we are big time fans we love to follow the Titans and it's just uh, really important to love it uh we're gonna walk into that stadium and you especially are just gonna be all nerves I mean uh, I don't know if I've told people this before but uh, when we go to Titans games a lot of times uh, we'll have to get in there an hour early so we can make laps around the concourse so you can sort of level out. <laughs> and uh, I, I expect you to be in uh, in that form or better uh, Sunday. I'm going to be like that, too, and I'm going to be nervous about T.Y. Hilton. The guy has really traumatized me with how he's played uh, in the stadium over the last several seasons. Uh, obviously, Andrew Luck. But what, what players uh, beyond those two, who, who, who worries you on that roster most? Well, um, I've got a couple concerns. Number one is going to be Marlon Mack. You know, number one being not talking about Andrew Luck or T.Y. Hilton because right. they scare me every single week. Um, number one is going to be Marlon Mack because, I mean, last, last week we let Adrian Peterson run for 120 yards. And he's on, on the back end of his career. We get Marlon Mack fresh out of, pretty much fresh out of USF. And, you know, he can, he can damage you. He's a yeah, tough on physical tape, the runner. guy looks really good. Yeah, I mean, he, especially I, yeah. in the last two or three, he's got a lot of pop to him. Absolutely. I remember watching him uh, at USF because they were playing, you know, in the same division as Temple. So I would, I would watch quite a few of his college games, and he's a, he's an aggressive runner. Yeah, um, to not be any bigger than he is, aggressive is right. the right adjective for for Mac. So I, I'm, I'm worried about him, especially with our injuries on the defensive line and Arakpo not playing to come around on that edge. I mean. It does bring up opportunities for Landry and Evans as well, but we talk about the Colts here, so I'll try to stay on topic. Um, <laughs> I think another thing that has has to worry you, me, everybody, is also their tight end depth. I feel like every single week, Andrew Luck is slinging touchdowns to at least two different tight ends, and they're never the same two tight ends. It could be Ebron, right. and then it, it could be... Um, Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle. 
Mm-hmm. And Jack Doyle has hurt us in the past. Oh, oh, Doyle mm-hmm. rules sometimes, and it's yeah. a pain. <laughs> He's a good player, and they haven't used him as much. But Ebron is obviously uh, such an athlete. He is. They're they're scary. Yep. Uh, uh, so I think those are the primary concerns for me. The guy that scares me is Darius Leonard. He plays like a top fifty NFL player. Uh, Fifteen games in, uh, he seems to be back and fully healthy. Uh, I worry about him disrupting our running game and our power running game uh does that do do you i mean it's like darius leonard and derrick henry look like the same guy um and you don't see that a lot usually weirdly derrick henry looks like he can physically overmatch linebackers in this league how do you think that matchup goes sunday you know i think honestly it's got to be you know straight up old old old-fashioned football hat on a hat guy on a guy beat your dude and we win and i think that's how it's got to be. So somebody's got to step up and take him on. I don't know if, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, if we're if we're picking people right now, I've got to say um, Dennis Kelly or Taylor Luan have to just, you know, get up in the second level and put a hat on him and, you know, consistently put him in the ground. I don't, I don't know if that's going to yeah. happen. I don't know if we're going to run the, that type of scheme. Right. Um, but he's definitely got to be dealt with. Absolutely, and I, I think that's that's going to be the plan anyway, is to be physical with these guys uh, at home, and uh, let's hope that they can do that. I don't know that too many teams in my seven or eight weeks have been able to do that with Leonard when he's been healthy, but um, I think we have some guys that can, uh, you know, think about Kelly and even Henry himself, that can uh, get out there and be physical, And because uh, I think Leonard is that guy on defense for them that yeah, you've got. And it's weird that a linebacker would be that, but the guy is absolutely the backbone of, of that defense, uh, emotionally and then just physically. It's really impressive. I know I, I, oh, brag, I brag on him a lot, but the guy's a really good player, and we're going to have to deal with him. Someday. He's incredible. I think we talked about him a few weeks ago. That you know, it's it's obviously the Pro Bowl is not always statistically based or effort based, but it's amazing that he's left. He's been left off um, because he pretty much leads the league in tackles. And like you mentioned earlier, he's missed a game or two. Absolutely. Like, I, I don't know how that happens. John, who do you think is the key on offense for us Sunday? Well, obviously that's another question that has two sets of answers. Um, I think with Mariota in the game, it's Derrick Henry. I think with um, Blaine Gabbard in the game, it's, Derrick Henry. <laughs> right. So two different two different ways there. Let me kind of explain. I think um, obviously we want Derrick Henry to have a bigger game. I think he's going to have a bigger role to play if Gabbert is in the game. Right. Um, but he still has to be physical if Mariota's in the game. I think if Mariota's in the game, Henry has to run really hard and start us off well. And then I, I think Corey Davis is going to be able to find some pockets of opportunity in that defense. Gabbert's in the game. I think he's more of a spread it around all over. I think we see a lot more passes to Michael Pruitt, but I think Derrick Henry has a bigger role to play, a, a big role to play in either offense. And I think um, maybe his responsibilities will be fewer with Gabbert because he'll just be running and hitting holes. Um, I think with Mariota, he'll have to block a little bit more, but he will have to run and he'll have to run hard. And you know, maybe it means a little bit more wildcat. I'm not really sure, but I think. He's going to be a key point of focus in both both different tempo offenses. 
in different ways. So I guess with the Mariota example, I really, I, I, it's got to be Henry, but then I think Davis is as much of a focal point. Right. And then with Gabbard, I'd like it to be, Mar- like it to be Henry. Right. It's hard to project Davis and Taewon Taylor who have sort of, sort of played with their role the last month within our uh, offense as it has sort of shifted to run heavy. So although they've not put up big numbers, I don't have a lot of complaints because I mean, a lot of, especially on Saturday, you didn't see a lot of drop balls or a lot of dumb mistakes or poor outs. So, uh, but it's hard to project those guys in, in what we're going to need from those guys for a win until we know more about the quarterback situation. And I don't think we're going to know anything about that until maybe three or four o'clock on Sunday. Mm-hmm. John, let's talk a little bit about the AFC um, playoff situation as it relates to the Titans. Obviously, if we win, we control our own destiny. Uh, we, we would be the sixth seed most likely. Let's go through real quickly the scenarios uh, of where we might land. Um, obviously, we're out. If we win, we're in. If we win and the Houston Texans lose to Jacksonville in Houston, they're a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, I believe, at this time, then we will win the AFC South and obviously host a home game uh, and everything else being equal, if everybody else wins, we'll talk about that in a minute, but if everybody else wins, we would be the... I think we would slide into... So yeah, if I mean, Baltimore loses, we will we would be um, the third seed, but generally we would be most likely the fourth seed if um, and and we would host a playoff game uh, next week if we win and the Houston Texans lose to Jacksonville. If you were to put a percentage on that, uh, that's a trap game for them because Jacksonville is goofy as they are. They can beat anybody. They've proven that. Uh, what do you what do you feel about our chances for for Jacksonville to pull that upset? I don't know. I don't. So I think it was a tough one to call. Obviously, weather is not going to be an issue since it's going to be in Houston in a dome. Mm-hmm. I'd probably give the Jags a thirty five percent chance to win, maybe forty. H- it really Houston depends. is currently a six and a half point favorite, which, considering the Jacksonville's year and that. At home, that's not a huge spread. We've seen some no. pretty big spreads down the stretch here in the NFL, like our spread against uh, Washington, ten points. So it looks like there's some respect given to uh, to Jacksonville here. So I think some people feel, like you said, 30, 35, 40 percent. I think that's a little high, but you know they're still beating up some receivers and shutting down some guys. That you know, honestly, as long as they have Jalen Ramsey, they're still going to shut down some teams' top receivers. It's still going to happen, right? And and I think you know this Sunday they can do that as well and I think I, I love the fact that we have a Sunday night game so we can have all these scenarios play out and, and we'll just know and that we know that, exactly that's gonna be awesome right we know exactly what we're gonna be rooting for um, that is terrific and we're gonna be the last regular season game of this NFL season it's just and it's gonna be in Nashville and hopefully it's gonna be good that can be a good or bad thing but you know these guys played world beaters the last four weeks but they've done what they had to do and I uh, give them a chance, and I'm going to be rooting for them, and I'm excited. We've 25 minutes about um, this game, uh, Tennessee Titans hosting the Indianapolis Colts. So I want to say that first. We're not getting in front of ourselves, but we are going to talk about the scenarios in which the Titans could uh, could could move up even beyond the uh, the AFC South. 
Uh, not that we think it'll happen, but we want to give our listeners just the idea that it could happen. Uh, John, if um, and tell me if I'm right, if the Texans lose to the Jaguars Sunday uh, in their noon game in Houston, and the Patriots uh, somehow lose at home to the Jets, and then the Ravens lose to uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns at the 3:25 Central game on CBS, like you said, we're going to be the last one playing. If somehow those three teams lose, if I'm understanding this right, we would play for two seed. the number two seed and a and a home game coming off the bye. <laughs> why don't just why don't just your Marcus thoughts on you, that? Let's ask Marcus if he wants a bye. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what? Obviously, um, that's the mathematical probability. I do that kind of stuff for a living. It's not good. But uh, do you? Do you feel it's even a probability uh, that that our team has, has played its way into even even a shot at that? Well, let me look at Russell Crowe writing these this equation on the board. Um, <laughs> okay, that and that and that and that. Yeah, I think it's pretty good that we're in this position. You know, obviously, uh, a couple weeks ago, this did not look like a possibility after coming uh, coming after back to back losses to both Indianapolis and Houston. It just looked. Very, very down to the dumps. I did not think this was going to be an opportunity or a possibility. Um, obviously, I always hoped that we would get into the playoffs, and I think that's a realistic possibility. And and let's be honest, yeah, it would be amazing if that happened and we ended up in the two seed. But we need a lot of help. Exactly. We, we don't usually get a lot of help, but right. it, it could be magical that it all happens. Um, so I think it's great that we're in this opportunity. You know, I kind of almost feel like we don't, we don't deserve it because we've, you know, played. We, we've uh, teams like that. I don't. I don't. I don't think they're they're the kind of teams that play down to their opponents. And we've done that a couple different times this oh, year. Yeah. And then not to imagine the the Miami fiasco of Week One. Yeah. Um, and we were down. But, we were yeah. down in the second half to uh, Redskins team. Yep. So yeah, I mean, we've uh, we played down to our competition. We've also played up. We have. Um, I feel like I should clarify. We were talking about the Titans' ability to get a third or fourth seed if the if Houston does uh, somehow lose to Jacksonville. It looks like if the Ravens lose and we win, and Houston loses, we'd get the third seed. Uh, but if um, Baltimore wins, they'd have from the head to head, of course. And I believe they would be the third seed. We would be the fourth, even if we won the division. Uh, but uh, if uh, Pittsburgh being as as they have that tie, I think um, the best they can finish is nine seven. I'm sorry, nine six and one. Uh, so if that doesn't confuse people enough, that's the uh, that's how it goes. But just know that obviously every week we're going to root against the Ravens. We're going to uh, root against um, uh, Houston, and so we'll just do that. And if they can if they can lose, then we're just going to move up. I think a lot of teams a lot of damage as a six seed. Um, in the AFC playoffs, so I don't sweat it too much, but it would be brilliant. It would be icing on the cake for us to win that game. We can play for a home game, or even if, you know, Sam Darnold has some kind of magic in Foxborough, we could be playing for a two-seed. Hey, the Jets always play the Patriots tough, and I'm never going to count out any of these divisional games. I mean, Baltimore does not have an easy task ahead of them playing uh, Cleveland. Oh, absolutely not. This is Cleveland's playoff game. They, you know, this is certainly. their uh, – yeah, I'm surprised that, you know, if we hadn't won, that, that would be the Sunday night game. There's a lot of hype there. And Cleveland is – they want to show Baltimore what they have to look for. Mm-hmm. They're, they're definitely uh, closing strong. Yep, without a doubt. And, you know, honestly, even that, 
a Pittsburgh game. It's against the Bengals, and you know how heated those those games always are between those two. It could go a myriad of different ways, and I, I wouldn't count out anybody in these games. Oh, absolutely not. It's the beauty of the NFL, beauty of Week 17. We see it every week. Uh, we see it every year. It's exciting, big fella. Um, my for the season were 10-6 and six and give us the opportunity to go play, um, you know, a cold-weather uh, playoff game. We're going to get one probably Sunday uh, as a bonus, uh, as this is essentially a playing game. And uh, that's what I want. This team has, uh, is one game from meeting my expectation. What, what about you? I kind of assumed 10 and 6 was um, probably what we were going to end up around this year. Um, If you look at our schedule, I probably thought a couple wins were actually going to be losses and a couple losses were going to be wins. Right. Um, So it would have shaken out a little differently if I, you know, based on my original expectations. But, you know, like we've said earlier, we've played down to some of our worst opponents and we played up to some of our better opponents. So, like, I, I will still say that that win over the Patriots is one of the top five days of my life. Um, oh, man. and Incredible. one of the most unexpected days <laughs> in my life as well. Um, so I never thought in a million years we'd do that. And there we are. And we sure took it to him. Um, uh, big fella, same, I hope you yeah. say the exact same. I, I hope so too. You know what? Um, if, if we beat, if we beat the Colts on Sunday, you know, I might have to put the birth of my kids down a peg. Just kidding. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I mean, you already have the Patriots game is top five, not twenty five. So I, I think right. uh, beside top three because you only have two kids. But <laughs> <laughs> big fella, we're going to sign off. Uh, it's been a great talking to you today. I'm super pumped about the Colts game. Cannot get here soon enough. I want to thank you for listening to us. We we get a lot of listeners, and we really appreciate it. And we're glad you love the Titans as much as we do. If you if you didn't search and find this already on iTunes, search us Tennessee Titans or Tennessee Titans Talk. Uh, rate us, review us. Uh, we just really appreciate your feedback listening, and we're certainly looking forward to Sunday. Uh, anything else, John? Just want to leave you with one thought. This year, we are 6-1 and one at home. 6-1 and one at home is pretty impressive. Right. Incredible. So, we have a chance, guys, regardless of what happens. This is a good Colts team, uh, but I, I've, I have seen enough of this team uh, to know that they <laughs> – uh, we have had a roller coaster this year. Uh, we do every year, but it's been a bigger roller coaster than usual. So that's a good point. Six and one. Yep. John on the way out. My prediction is it's not going to be pretty, but it's going to be a W. It's maybe looking at like 17 14. John, I'm going to pick our boys 21 20. Uh, I think uh, I think we're going to win. And uh, I, I want us to blow them out. And I want it to be like that Patriots game where we just expect them to come back and they never do. And it's like, days of our lives but if not you know i want us to i want Corey davis i want derrick henry i want Mariota to um, become immortal as it were among our fan base and uh take it on themselves and win this game and i i certainly hope that's prophetic and we uh we we uh, wish them luck and we i think it's going to be great john it reminds me of something that i heard from a uh a politician when i was a when i was a kid um you know, we think about the wins, we think about we think about the losses and the ups and the downs. But the important thing is to be in the arena, is to have a chance. And that's living life, and that's that's great. This team has given us something to talk about in Week 17, and uh, more than half of the NFL franchises, John, do not have that. They're already talking about the draft. So uh, when, you, when you get down on the Titans, and look, they've been frustrating at times uh, this season, when you think about it, we are in the arena. We are there. We have this opportunity 
to, to go to the playoffs and play in what will be the biggest Week 17 game in the NFL. So uh, I'm just bummed, John. I agree. And, hey, if you, any of you listeners out there, if you're Titans fans in Nashville, get to the game if you can. If you can't get to the game, get downtown, be loud, get on that bridge, do whatever you got to do. We want to make this the loudest place in the world on Sunday. Yeah, we've got it in us. Uh, we've uh, we've we haven't we go to all the games. We haven't seen a sellout uh, in probably the last month of um, home games. But the people that are there are loud. It seems like maybe louder than usual. We just need if you can, guys, uh, just get there and uh, it'll be a blast. Uh, we hope to see everybody there, and we'll talk to you next week. And hopefully, we'll be talking about uh, we'll talk about all the great things that, that happened, and we'll be talking about our our playoff matchup. Take care, guys. Tighten up. Tighten up.